0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 26, day 26 of the John Summer Challenge, and today we are in John chapter 16, all of chapter 16, and we have arrived at the end of Jesus's farewell address to his disciples. Jesus is hours away from his own execution, and he is preparing his disciples for this reality. They are greatly troubled, but the Prince of Peace Offers them this comforting farewell address. It's bye for now, but he has good news for them. These final words from Jesus have been filled with truth about who God is, what he has done, and how we should respond and live as his disciples. And in today's passage, Jesus explains the role of three people the Spirit, the Savior, and the saint. Now let's look at these quickly, starting with number one, the spirit. The spirit in verses 1 through 15. Now in yesterday's passage, we saw a shift in Jesus's words from comforting words to a necessary warning, right? This was a warning to all true believers in him. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We will be persecuted because of our faith. And that persecution may range from different levels of degrees, but every believer in Christ, every true believer, will be persecuted. And it is following this warning that Jesus continues in our passage today with verses 1-2. through He says, these things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. Jesus gets even more specific from the warning that we saw yesterday. There are so many ways that you can be persecuted, but Jesus tells them that their faith will be their fate will be the same as His, they will be killed. They will be killed. Every disciple, except for John, would be killed for their faith in Christ. One author explained it like this, quote, They were ridiculed, scorned, denounced, hunted, arrested, beaten, and imprisoned. Many even paid the ultimate price, giving their lives as martyrs. This is These are believers who are killed for their faith for the sake of their savior. A brief survey of ancient Christian tradition reveals that Peter, Andrew, and James, the son of Alphaeus, were all crucified. Bartholomew was whipped to death and then crucified. James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded, as was Paul. Thomas was stabbed with spears. Mark was dragged to death through the streets of Alexandria. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, was stoned by order of the Sanhedrin. Philip was also stoned to death. Others, including Matthew, Simon the Zealot, Thaddeus, Timothy, and Stephen, were also killed for their unwavering commitment to the Lord. These disciples were surely in great agony as Jesus informs them, not only of his coming death, but their coming death as well. This is the reality of every believer that we will be persecuted. So the road, the narrow road to Jesus, following Christ is not easy, but it is worth it. How will they be able to endure this? How will we be able to endure this? Well, Jesus brings good news, more comforting words. Look at verse 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Here we see Jesus again make this statement. Basically, I must go in order for the Spirit to come and indwell you. But why does it have to be this way? Why does Jesus have to leave in order for the Spirit to come and indwell believers? It is because the Spirit is the seal of Christ's completed work. The Spirit cannot come until Christ completes the work he came to do. Why? Because this is how the Trinity works in the redemption of men. The Father chooses whom he will save. The Son then redeems those whom the Father has chosen through his death and resurrection. And the Spirit, the Spirit applies that redemption that Jesus Christ accomplished to believers. This is why Jesus must go in order for the spirit to come. What else will the spirit do? Look at verses eight through 11. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin, because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness, because I go to the father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. The Spirit is going to reveal to lost sinners their condition before Jesus Christ. What is that? That we are lost in desperate need of a Savior because of our wickedness. We are deserving of eternal death. He will convict them of the sin and reveal to them the necessity of having the righteousness of Christ. If we do not have this righteousness, then our souls must be sent to hell. Christ, God, requires a perfect obedience from us in order to be entered into the kingdom of heaven. This is not possible for us. We need the righteousness of Christ. Sinners must realize their need for a savior. And this is what the Holy Spirit has come to do. Now the question is, how will sinners respond to this conviction? Will they choose to continue in their sin and reject God or will they respond with faith and repentance? But there's even more that we learn about the Spirit in this passage. Look at verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. The Spirit is going to testify about Christ and bring to the remembrance of these men all the things that Christ had said and done so that they will record it in the scriptures that's what we have in front of us today jesus is saying i may be leaving you now but the spirit will be in you and he is going to inspire the scriptures so that you will always have the truth maybe you've always maybe you've thought to yourself before what would jesus say to us right now if he were right here in front of us what would Jesus preach to us today? Let me tell you, it would be exactly what is written in the Bibles in front of you. These are the very words of God. And the reason why you have them in front of you is thanks to the work of the Spirit. Those are some comforting words to the disciples about the Spirit. Now, let's look at some comforting words about Number two, the Savior. Number two, the Savior in verses 16 through 24. He says in verse 16, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Now, what is this riddle that we have here? Jesus explains in verses 20 through 22. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief, will be turned into joy. This is good news. He goes on, verse 21, Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice." and no one will take your joy away from you. Jesus tells his disciples, Look, I know that you are filled with sorrow now over my coming death, but just like a woman who experiences great pain during childbirth and then forgets that pain as they behold their child and are filled with joy seeing them, so you will realize why I had to die, and you will be filled with joy. Once you see me again as the risen Savior. Student, you should be filled with sorrow and fear as well. If Jesus stayed dead, but he didn't stay dead, did he? He rose from the dead. He is alive today. And so we should rejoice. Yes, we lament over the fact that Jesus had to die for our sin But that sorrow is quickly overcome with joy as we remember his glorious resurrection. Unlike all other false gods, we worship a living God, the true God. And these were comforting words to the 11 disciples, and they should be comforting words to us as well. Finally, let's look at number three. Point number three the saint. The saint in verses 25 through 33. These are some words, some encouragement for the saint, every true believer in Christ, and to these disciples specifically. As Jesus closes this farewell address, he leaves his disciples and us today with these final words. And just a really quick summary, Jesus reminds them of these three important truths. First, Jesus reminds them in verse 27 that the Father loves them. The Father loves his children. And this is why believers have direct access to him in prayer. Next, Jesus seeks to bolster their faith in him. And in verses 31 to 32, he says, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home and to leave me alone, and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Though the disciples' faith was genuine, their faith was genuine, they were still immature. And the sad reality was that in just a few hours after this talk, all the disciples would forsake Jesus and be scattered into their own homes. It is only after the Holy Spirit comes that they would stand courageously for Christ. So these disciples, their faith was genuine, but they needed to be bolstered in their faith. They needed to be encouraged. They needed to be uh, more strong in their faith because they were still immature. And finally, Jesus gives them hope, gives us hope also in verse 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation but take courage. I have overcome the world. Listen, in this fallen world, filled with suffering, pain, death, and sin, there is one hope, and it is Jesus Christ. Would you put your trust in him? That's it for today's devotional. I've got three questions for you. Number one, what did you learn about the Holy Spirit today? There was a lot. But maybe you just write down a few things that you learned about the Holy Spirit. Number two, why should you have joy after uh, studying today's passage? What Jesus explained to the disciples, why they should have joy. Why should you have joy after studying today's passage? Number three, write down from memory, John 20 verses 30 to 31, the purpose for why John writes this gospel. Submit your answers to those questions And you will be done with day 26 of the John Summer Challenge. I'll see you tomorrow for day 27.